Hey now, hey now, hey now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line. So glad you are back again. Starting a little late today, so I'm a little high strung. I hope you will forgive me, but it is the last show of the week. And then tomorrow you'll get a Friday Night Live and all that good stuff. And uh, we may even have a special show for you this weekend. Who knows? You will have to wait and see. As I was preparing for this show today, I came across something that set off a light bulb in my head. Helped to make a lot of sense of the thing. You know, the thing we've been going through this week, which is our subsequent ban from YouTube. As I was flipping through the things related to the topic that I'm going to talk to you about in a moment, I came across an article about Google. And, and I don't really get into a lot of the, the big tech uh, news stories of the day because it, it's kind of, uh, in my opinion, it's kind of cut and dry. And I, I don't say that to take away the importance of the issue because it is, in fact, very important and affects each and every one of us in some way, form, or fashion. But when I saw this, it struck me as odd, and I thought, you know what? That, that would actually help make sense of why that particular episode of Over the Line was pulled down from YouTube, and we received that one-week suspension. And the headline simply reads, Google employees call for company to support free expression if it's anti-Israel speech. You heard that correctly. So basically, there are a group of Google employees within the company that have decided to hold the CEO of Google hostage and say, you are going to have to allow us to take the side of Palestine and to talk about how Israel is the bad guy in the Gaza conflict and that this pro-Israel talk, pro-Israeli talk, uh, it needs it needs to be cut out. Apparently, the Jewish members of, of the Google team, uh, they're known as Jugals, apparently. That's uh, I found that out from this article as well. But it's it's a it's a it's a group led by uh led by self-hating Jews apparently it's Jewish people that are pushing this to get Google to be more pro-Palestinian and more anti-Israel and when I think back on the show that got pulled off of YouTube I'm like wait a minute that's probably exactly what happened because there were no rules broken in that video it was a pro-Israel video explaining what is happening on the Gaza Strip. And is what explaining what is and has been happening with the Israel-Palestine conflict. That's why the explanation for why we were flagged for that made no sense whatsoever. The excuse, as you saw in a previous video, was deceptive practices spam promising things that you're not delivering on stuff like that there's none of that in that video they just need a general excuse to take that down and they did it 
We got our uh, review back, our appeal, if you will, on our video. And they said, we have reviewed your video and have decided that you, in fact, did violate our community standards. So that's where that's at. That's that's not important. That's not neither here nor there. I don't, I don't want to talk about the YouTube stuff all the time. It'll be over soon enough, and then we'll get another strike, then another one will be done altogether. So anyway... Let me do this before I get into the very important issue of the day and tell you about Vapor Forge out on 280. If you haven't gone to see them, you best be doing so and doing it with a quickness. Out on 280, 4673 Highway 280 East in Birmingham, next to Bailey Brothers, 205-874-9010. Make sure you tell them you heard it on over the line. I actually expect Tony, the owner, to come do a show with us in the next few days and we're going to talk a little bit about anything and everything also don't forget about our patreon patreon.com slash andrew mcclain who that's a way for you to donate to the show and contribute for ways to do it and when you do you get exclusive behind the scenes videos from us that you can only see on patreon so make sure you go Check that out. The link for that should be in the description of most of these videos and, and audio podcasts and blah, 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 blah. Y'all know the drill. Anyway, some of the top headlines over the past couple of days you may have seen or you may have missed them, but they are very important headlines. Uh, one of those headlines happens to be about um, the House passing a massive spending bill that is going to be used to bolster capital security in the wake of what we saw on January 6th. You know, that insurrection, the biggest insurrection since the Civil War, whatever we call it. The Democrats barely passed it with a vote of one, you hear me, one vote in the House to get this passed and it will now move on to the senate 1.9 billion dollars for security in response to january 6th as a matter of fact just to kind of break down who voted for what aoc and jamal jamal bowen and rashida talib did not even vote for this or against it they voted present they just said i'm here I'm not voting. And then on the other side, Democrat Representative Cory Bush and Ilhan Omar and Ayanna Presley joined the Republicans in voting against this measure. Now you're saying, well, why would they do that? Because our first thought is, well, they're trying to keep this image of how awful January 6th was, so they would vote for the bolstering of the security at the Capitol. But no, no, no. They've got bigger priorities. They voted against this measure because they're still on their defund the police high horse. They said, we're not voting for this because this money will get given to the police, the Capitol Police. Like Even in this, in this realm of where they thought their lives were in danger and if it weren't for Capitol Police, they'd be dead right now. Even in that fantasy world of theirs, they still want to defund the police. That shows you how out of their mind these people are. They've got, they do not have two brain cells to rub together. But that happened on Wednesday. 
I believe it was Wednesday. Let me let me double check here. Now that was passed today. So excuse me. That was passed just today. Now yesterday, the House approved a bill for a January 6th commission. Now this is something we've heard congressmen and women, senators talking about over and over again since that infamous day on January 6th. And how important it is that Congress has the power to spend millions and even billions of taxpayer dollars investigating what happened on January 6th and making sure January 6th does not happen again. Also, a slim margin on that one. 252 to 175, that passes the House. Now it moves on to the Senate just as the other bill does. It goes on into some details. I'm looking at CBS. They, they seem to have the best uh, handle on what exactly happens. But that is not the biggest news coming out of here. Those two bills coming out of the House of Representatives is not the biggest story. The biggest story is why the January 6th commission bill passed in the House. Well, there's one simple explanation. On Capitol Hill, moments, mere moments before that vote, an anonymous letter showed up. That's right. Just like, uh, almost like a, uh, a check yes or no love note in your fourth grade class. Shows up out of thin air. And Representative Raskin happens to find the note. It's like, well, look at here. It's just laying around. And it's a note claiming to be from an anonymous member of the Capitol Police Department. And that letter says, on January 6th, where some officers served their last day in U.S. Capitol Police uniform and not by choice, we would hope that members whom we took an oath to protect would at the very minimum support an investigation to get to the bottom of everyone responsible and hold them 100% accountable no matter the title of position they hold or have held. The letter goes on to say, it is inconceivable that some of the members we protect would downplay the events of January 6th. Member safety was dependent upon the heroic actions of U.S. Capitol Police. It is a privileged assumption for members to have the point of view that it wasn't that bad, says the passionate and emotional anonymous letter from Capitol Police. Again, coming moments, ironically, just it just happened to time out this way, moments before the House voted on the January 6th commission. Representative Jamie Raskin, first one, apparently the first one to get his hands on it. He had his chief of staff send it to every other chief of staff in the House and tell them, Make sure y'all read this before you vote. Our Capitol Police officers are begging you, begging you 
to vote for this commission. Now, I don't know about you guys, but to me, it sounds kind of like a ransom note. So imagine this, and I know it's hard for us because we're not elites, but imagine your bodyguard writing an anonymous letter making demands. And you think, well, well, this person that protects me. I better do what he says. I mean, my life is in this guy's hands on a regular basis. It might be enough to make you change your position on the issue that your bodyguard's talking about, right? But not only that, but the Capitol Police now have some sort of power, it seems, over public policy, over the, the, the voting records of members of Congress. So what's next? What what are the what's the Capitol Hill's police? What's the what's their stance on taxpayer funded abortion or voting ID laws? What about foreign affairs, trade deals, security on the border? We need to know if the Capitol Police are now the ones calling the shots. It's very important. But what if it's not the Capitol Hill police? Now CNN claims they have, in fact, found out who this police officer is. And when confronted about, hey, well, who is it? I mean, you're a news outlet. Will you tell us who it is? It's a pretty big story. No, we can't do that. No, we've got to respect the privacy of this Capitol Hill police officer. (laughs) Of course. Of course, because it gives CNN some sort of short-term victory or another avenue to play on people's emotions. Now, the letter, according to the Capitol Hill Police Department, their spokesman, they said, hey, this is not an official letter from the the United States Capitol Police. They said, we don't know where it came from, and we do not take any positions on legislation. So we can't confirm the authenticity of this, and we're not going to claim it. But you would think that the Democrats in Congress heard the exact opposite from the U.S. Capitol Police spokesperson. Nonetheless, let's just go down the avenue that this U.S. Capitol Police officer like doesn't even really exist. Okay, let's or or, or let's let's play uh, let's play that I I'm trying to convince you that this person doesn't exist. Because honestly, I don't know. You don't know. But would it be far-fetched to say that the same members of Congress who spoke like this on and about January 6th are not capable of making a fake note and claiming it from Capitol Police? 29 days ago, The glass in and around this very chamber was shattered by gunshots, clubs, by individuals seeking to restrain and murder members of Congress, duly elected to carry out the duties of their office. 29 days ago, Officer Sicknick, who just laid in honor yesterday in our nation's capital, was murdered on the steps just outside this hollowed floor. Sadly, Less than 29 days later, with little to no accountability for the bloodshed and trauma of the 6th, some are already demanding that we move on 
or worse, attempting to minimize, discredit, or belittle the accounts of survivors. Because it never occurred to me that with all the anger and hostility I saw, with those groups of people that were marching in a formation, that when I was later sitting up in that gallery with many of my colleagues, as the proceedings were taking place, it never ever occurred to me that this building would be invaded. And I worry every day for their lives because of this rhetoric. I never thought that they would feel unsafe here. And so I asked my colleagues to please try not to dehumanize what's happening. This is real. And so I remember sitting in the office with my team and just thinking to myself, I feel like I'm back at this very minute. I feel like I'm back. I feel like this was one of the days out there on the streets when the white supremacists would show up and start shooting at us. This is one of the days when the police would ambush us from behind, from behind trees. From behind <laughs> you, don't, you don't think that those guys are, are capable of making a fake Capitol Police ransom note and sending it to members of Congress? What about this guy? named Tim Ryan. Do you think he would be capable of something like that? We have people scaling the Capitol, hitting the Capitol Police with lead pipes across the head, and we can't get bipartisanship. What else has to happen in this country? Cops. This is a slap in the face to every rank-and-file cop in the United States. If we're going to take on China, if we're going to rebuild the country, if we're going to reverse climate change, we need two political parties in this country that are both living in reality, and you ain't one of them. Oh, okay. So it's a climate change issue now. Got it. Got it. I mean, these guys are hard to keep up with. Do you think those guys are capable of making a fake ransom note coming from a Capitol Police officer? You know what I mean... Every one of these people I showed you lied about something during their clip. Police being beaten ahead with a lead pipe. AOC said one of the police officers died on the steps of the Capitol. None of that's true. There was actually one single death on January 6th at the Capitol. And it was a female Trump supporter who has still received and probably never will receive any sort of explanation about why she had to be shot and killed that day. She's the only one. You don't believe me? Show me the proof. Show me the proof that somebody else died or was even shot on January 6th. Nobody. That's why this big show of emotion and Oh, I'm so scared, and oh, there's a country's falling apart. Nobody's buying it. You want to see where the country's falling apart? Hey, come out here on the streets. Come out here and talk to our fellow business owners, our neighbors, and our friends who lost their livelihood because you had to shut down their business because of a virus with a 99% survivability rate. You you want to see you want to see what it's like for the country to fall apart? Check on those people. Because they know. They're living it every single day. You had 30 minutes of having to go hide in your underground bunker. When nothing really even happened. So, this brings us to a point. 
as the House passes this bill to this January 6th commission. And if you look into the January 6th commission and what the bill actually says, it's almost copied verbatim from the 9-11 commission. If you remember the 9-11 commission, it gave Congress and the federal government entirely too much power. The goal of the January 6th commission is to investigate what happened on that day, find those responsible, and take measures to prevent other terrorist attacks, their words not mine, from ever happening again. Who do they identify as the terrorist, guys? Who do they identify as terrorists or extremists? Trump supporters. People that believe 2020 was a fraud. People that have the audacity to speak their mind on their own social medias or even texting each other about their thoughts. Those are the people. Remember when the 9-11 Commission got started is the day that we really started spying on Americans. Giving Congress and the feds the ability to snatch people out of their homes under some sort of suspicion that they get to decide what they're suspicious of. This is the new war on terror. But we're not going after Hamas. We're not going after ISIS or Al-Qaeda. This time we're going after Americans. You want me to show you how bogus all of this is? Look at all the people that have been charged in January 6th. Did they get charged with treason? Did they get charged with uh, insurrection? Betraying their country? Any of the serious charges that are repeated over and over and over? No. Not one of them have been charged with treason or insurrection. They've been charged with trespassing. There's a reason for that. Biden's DOJ effectively just charged everybody with trespassing. What does that tell you? This is more than just Democrats doing this for show and for emotional effect for elections. They're using emotion to garner power to spy on people like you and I. And that is power that you don't want the Democrats to have. For them to be able to decide whether or not you are a terrorist If they have the power through the January 6th commission to call Americans terrorists, I, Andrew McLean, host of Over the Line, will likely be at the top of that list. I can fully expect the FBI to come knocking at my door any day now if we have a January 6th commission that gives Congress that type of power. And I may be wrong, but you likely will too. This is bad, bad news, and it's history repeating itself. The only difference this time is 
you are the ISIS. You are the Al-Qaeda. You are the terrorists. That's it for this edition of Over the Line. Thank you so much for checking this out. We'll be back with a Friday Night Live tomorrow and more episodes before you know it. Until next time, see you cool.